0: Welcome to the Creekwood Church podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com slash beyond or click the beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. This morning, I wanna share just a few thoughts with you. You know, as, as we sit here today, it's very easy to, look at the Easter story or think about the Easter story and really through the filters of what our our culture envisions it. And it's so easy to just kind of go through this and think of it as a holiday and like it's the 4th of July or whatever, and and those are great holidays, but this is much bigger than that. And I want to ask you to lean in for the next few moments as I share from God's word. And I want to talk to you about the greatest comeback ever. And in the Bible, in John chapter 20, it tells us of that resurrection morning, that Sunday morning, that Easter morning when Jesus Christ was in the tomb and he was raised up, but Back up a few moments and think about what was really going on in the, in the hearts and minds of the disciples and those that followed Jesus. Things were not good. They had experienced a major setback. Their Savior, they had watched him be crucified. And in their minds, they're thinking he's in the grave. And um, it just doesn't look good. Peter has denied Jesus three times. And, um, you know, they're all thinking what's gonna happen, are they gonna come after us also? And so this is what what is taking place. It's just like a major, major setback for all of them and they're, they're not in the greatest mood because they're looking at the circumstances and it says before the sun had risen on Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene made a trip to the tomb where his body was laid to rest. In the darkness, she discovered the covering had been rolled away. She darted out of the garden to find Simon Peter. And let me just stop right there and say, you know, the Bible is really funny to me. It really is. I, I see so much humor in the Bible. And, you know, who wrote the book of John? John did. And listen to how, he ref- how John refers to himself. It says, she darted out of the garden to find Simon Peter and the dearly loved disciple." He's like talking about himself, and he's like the dearly loved one. You know, like how many of you have kids that are always trying to be the favorite? And they're like, I'm the favorite. And so he's like the dearly loved disciple to deliver the startling news Mary Magdalene, they have taken the body of our Lord, and we cannot find him. Together, they all departed for the tomb to see for themselves. They began to run. They're running, and Peter could not keep up. The beloved disciple <laughs> arrived first. <laughs> it, that, like, that's just funny to me, because he's like, I, I got there first, the beloved one, and Peter couldn't keep up with me, he's slow. <laughs> How many know people that can't run? They're, they're just ugly when they run. <laughs> They got an ugly run. You're like, dude, you don't need to be running. Well, Peter's can't keep up and he's running. And John's talking about this, but it says, but did not go in. There was no corpse in the tomb, only the linens and cloths he was wrapped in. When Simon Peter finally arrived, he went into the tomb and observed the same. The cloth that had covered his face appeared to have been folded carefully and placed, not with the linen cloths, but to the side after Peter pointed this out, the other disciples who had arrived long before Peter also entered the tomb. And based and notice this next phrase. Based on what he saw, faith began to well up inside of him. You know, I used to believe that the reason Peter couldn't keep up with John is that maybe Peter couldn't run or John was younger and, and, and like, he's just slow. But I, I think there's another reason why Peter couldn't, didn't keep up and he didn't get there first. I think there was some things going on in his mind. And by the way, next weekend, we are gonna start a brand new series about getting out of your head. And I wanna encourage you to be here next weekend. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning what's really happening is is Peter's autom- automatically having all these flashbacks in his mind about him denying Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. He's thinking about, you know, Peter was a rough guy. He like carried a knife. He cut a guy's ear off. And so he's running and all of a sudden he starts off fast, but he starts to slow down because the shame starts getting a hold of him. And he's, he's going, I don't know if Jesus, like I heard Jesus tell me he would be, raised up from the grave and that all of that, was that all true and that he was going to come back and, and like all of this is all true and he's slowing himself down. And I think this is where a lot of us find ourselves today in your life that you've, you've, you've done things, you've experienced things, we've all done stupid stuff. We've all made decisions that we regret in our life. We've all, we're all sinners. We've all looked at certain seasons of our life, and, and it's why some of you, honestly, the last time you came to church was Easter, and it's kind of like you kind of keep your distance from God because you're like, man, I don't know if God's going to really love me and accept me, and I'm, my life is a mess. I don't know if I really believe that God has a comeback for my life. I've blown up my marriage, I've blown up my relationships, my kids won't talk to me, I don't know if God really has a comeback for me. You know, you go Google comeback and what you're gonna find is right off the bat, the number one thing that that you see is sports comebacks And, and a lot of us have a lot of memories of different comebacks, I automatically, like I think of Augusta, Uh, the Masters Tournament, 1986, Jack Nicklaus. um, He came, it's the greatest comeback of all time. On the back nine, he was down seven strokes and he came back and won. Uh, What about football? Like John Elway had the record for 47 comebacks. Um, What about Tom Brady? Don't you get tired of all his comebacks? Like. I get tired of, I'm like, but I got an idea, the, the best way. I got an idea. It's a good one. Don't y'all get tired of him coming back all the time? Make him the quarterback for the Cowboys, he won't come back. Some of y'all are, baby, get the purse. We're, we're leaving, I, I hate this church. I'm not, I don't want to be here. Patrick Mahomes, like, was nicknamed the Comeback King. All like took the Kansas City Chiefs to a championship at, they hadn't won in 50 years. This next one is really spiritual, and I know you're going to amen about this one. But Bluebell has made a comeback. Can we all say amen? amen? I'm excited. Bluebell's back. They made the comeback. But in the true we love comeback stories. Like, it's so exciting. Like, you're watching it and you're thinking there's no way. There's no way. Like, you want to turn the TV off. Because you're like, they lost it. They're not coming back from this. There's no way. And and like, you know, like there are people in your life right now that you're like, there's no way they're coming back from that. But... You think about, isn't it exciting when you think that, like, you can watch a sports game or an event, and you're like, man, there's no way they're going to come back. And you're like, Pff. but then something happened. They, all of a sudden, there's a comeback, and they come back. And I would tell you, as great as, and memorable as those comebacks are, there is nothing greater on this planet than a spiritual Comeback. Amen, one person clapped, amen, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> There's nothing greater than a spiritual comeback. When you watch somebody that their life has been blown up and everybody says they're not coming back and then they have this incredible comeback and let me just stop and tell you, I don't, what I'm gonna say for some of you is gonna offend you a little bit, but I'm okay with that because I love you enough to say this to you. There are people that think that just being religious is gonna bring a comeback. Are you showing up to church is gonna be a comeback? No, the only thing that brings a comeback in your life is you encountering face-to-face the Savior, Jesus Christ, the power that that he brings in your life. He's the one that brings the power for you to come back. So I I just wanna encourage you to, to understand that the Easter message is about a comeback for your life. And it's about Jesus Christ being resurrected and there's a purpose for that. And the Apostle Paul shows us this, is what I, w- I don't want to happen is, it's so easy to get, get all of this blurry and you're like, well, religion, and I don't know about the cross and now it's Easter and some of you are trying to convince your kids that East, you know, the, the Easter bunny, like he lays eggs, which is twisted, y'all are messing up your kids. You're wondering why your kids are getting weird. You're teaching them weird stuff. But the Apostle Paul, he encapsulates this Easter truth so incredibly, and he pulls back the layers for you to start to understand why as crazy as it was for Jesus to be beaten, and, and, and he hung on a cross, and he was placed in a tomb, and then he rose three days later. There's something about that. And the Apostle Paul shows us this in, in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for they had, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord gl- of glory, however as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him." Now, that phrase a lot of times is used at a funeral, but it's not talking about eternity. You can apply it to eternity, but we know it's not talking about eternity, it's talking about the here and now because of verse 10. The next verse says, "'These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit.'" This is the kind of comeback God wants to bring in your life. It is beyond anything you could ever, your mind could ever conceive or you could ever imagine. This is what God wants to bring. So three words real quickly. The first word is cross that we find and that we learn from this passage here. And Paul here is, is talking about wisdom. And you hear, you see the word wisdom pop up several times there. And what he's, what he's addressing is, is See, the, the, the Corinthians wanted to, there were people that were very, very philosophical. They wanted to debate it. They wanted to talk about it. They wanted to, to analyze it, but they did not understand that this was a hidden wisdom. And why was it a hidden wisdom? Because it was a divine wisdom. And 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, it says, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. In other words, what happens is that we live in a culture that everybody is an expert in everything, and we all think we're smarter than we are. That's why a lot of times our life ends up being in a mess, and some of us have over analyzed our way right out of understanding the power of the cross, and we have analyzed it and analyzed it, and, and, and what he says here is that that he, he says the cross is not about all that. He says the cross is about the kind of power that can radically transform your life. He says, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. See, the cross, it, it shows us and reveals two powerful things. One is it reveals the plan God had, has always had for your life. First Corinthians two seven says, for, "No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began." Underline that if you have your Bible. It says, "Before time." Why is that important? It's because God's plan has ha, that He formulated for your life. It was before you were born, before you were created, before you ever saw daylight. In other words, God knew you were gonna fail. God knew you were gonna do all of that stuff. And so before all of that, all of your story that you see as the biggest setback in your life. God was already, already planning the comeback. He was already planning that incredible comeback. That's the plan that the cross shows us. It shows us also the power God's power, it reveals God's power. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And again, um, it, is, it is incredible to think about this. Do you know that the New Testament writers, when they were, you go and the New Testament is amazing, and they had every opportunity to talk about what is God's greatest display of power. And they could have said it's when, Jesus, when God spoke and the universe, the stars, the, the, everything was created by God's voice. That's, that is the, most, the greatest display of power. But no, they don't do that. What they say is God's greatest act of God's power is when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. God's greatest power, is, why is that important? It's because the Bible tells us that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in your life to bring about your comeback. That's exciting. Don't tell me there's not a comeback coming for your life. But it's all about you surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, surrendering your marriage, surrendering your kids, surrendering every part of your life Number two, the word conspiracy, 1 Corinthians 2, 8 says, none of the rulers of this age understood it, for they had, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord. Now, this is really important. What does it mean when it says who are, like you, the word rulers, it says, if the rulers would have understood what was happening, they would not have crucified Jesus. The word ruler is, in the Greek, it's translated argon. And it's not the Roman, we think of rulers, we think of the Roman government, or we think of the Jewish leaders. No, argon, Paul uses this word, and it's the Greek word for, um, it's translated into principalities and demonic beings. Aren't you glad you came to Creekwood today? You're like, I came to eat Creekwood and y'all are talking about demons, oh my word. Or you're invited a friend and they're like, oh my gosh, what? But Ephesians 6, he also, Paul, it mentions this, this word argon and its principalities and it's, it's, it's referring to demonic beings. And what he's saying is that had the demons of hell and Satan realized the plan that God was working out, they would have never crucified him. They would have stopped it, but they didn't know what was happening. There was this conspiracy. They're actually excited that they actually are thinking we actually have God's son in the flesh and we have, we have turn people against him and now we put him in the grave and we have buried the son of God and there's no way, but they had no idea that this was God's plan to bring about our comeback. Do you know that you got to understand there's a conspiracy against you that Satan and his demons are, this is why it's so hard for people to accept Christ. Christ. Because Satan is trying his best to turn you against God's love, to get you preoccupied with your life, to get you preoccupied with everything else but surrendering your life to God. Listen to me, you have no idea of the Easter comeback that could come into your life today. That's how much God loves you. The third word is comeback. And I want to ask our worship team to come and they're going to, they're going to sing this incredibly powerful song in just a few moments. And we've also got some stories in a video that I want you to watch. And really, it, it, is, it is going to be so moving, I believe, in your hearts today. But I, I want you to focus and listen to me for the next few moments. You know, I don't know what what kind of comeback you need today in your life. I don't know what area specifically it is, and it may look like it's impossible for your marriage to come back, or a relationship, or, or maybe you're here and you are like, man, my, like, my addiction to drugs is just like, is kicking me. You you are probably one of the nicest people on the planet, but an addiction that is is trying to sabotage your life. I pray today that as you listen to this song and you you hear the stories of what God has done in people's lives, the comeback that God wants to bring about in your life, it is possible today. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're gonna love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.